Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Low Blow Booking Podcast. My name is Derek Cornett, and we are coming at you live and in living color on your mobile listening devices. And ladies and gentlemen, it feels good to be back in the podcasting world. And let me tell you, tonight, myself and my partner in crime, Dave Hall, are going to be coming at you with one of the most controversial, one of the most talked about, one of the biggest angles in the history of professional wrestling. And uh, Dave, I want to welcome you in here, man. How are things on the other side of the world? Oh, mate, it's uh, it's great to be back. It's been a while. Um, I'm excited to be doing tonight. It is a lovely day down here in Australia. We, we're just starting to emerge out of the winter months. I've got the shorts on for the first time, and uh, it's a beautiful day. Oh, that's great, man. Over here in the U.S., school is just about to get started again, and uh, that always means that things get busy. And uh, it's been fun. Uh, for the summer, you know, we, we're kicking this thing off here on August 21st-ish, and we should be having this out by the end of the weekend, but, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to kind of get back in the groove of things here in the fall and, uh, you know, put out a couple of great episodes, starting with this one that I think a lot of people are going to be interested to hear about and uh, have some feedback on. So, let's talk about this this thing that we're going we're gonna to go through here tonight. Um it's something that yo, you know, you you and I both have talked about in the past privately, but for the first time, we're going to put it out there for the the rest of the world, and that is Bret Hart, 1997, leaving the WWF on very ill circumstances. Um, so Dave, why don't you give us a little background into what happened with Bret leading up to that night in Survivor Series? Well, I think, I think anyone who's a wrestling fan, and as pretty well anyone who's listening to this is, we all know that Survivor Series 97, the screw job, Bret Hart leaves the WWF in, uh, in very, very unfortunate circumstances. But if you've read his book, if you've looked at, um, if you've seen the uh, Wrestling With Shadows documentary, you know that in the lead up to Survivor Series, Bret Hart was in a situation where he previously signed a 20-year contract uh, with Vince for a lot of money. Um, Vince had come back to Brett and said that he wasn't in a position to to pay that contract out and gave him permission to go to WCW if he wanted. Now, it's very clear in the documentary and in his book that Brett didn't want to leave. And whether, whether the money was the issue, I don't know, but... The interesting thing is Brett's contract had always said, or the way he puts it, he was going to wrestle for two or three years and then move into a backstage role. Then we get Montreal, he leaves altogether, and unfortunately we know he goes to WCW, doesn't have the best uh, run there for political reasons and injuries, and then of course he gets the concussion that leads to the end of his career, and it's a very, very sad way that his career finished. And I've always wondered, what if Vince didn't end the contract. What if Vince was able to pay the contract? We know that six months later, he was bringing money hand over fist. So what if what if Bret Hart's contract never ended? He stayed with the WWE. We don't have Montreal screw job style. What would things be like if Bret Hart had never left the company? And I think the thing that to look at with this is there's so many variables in this equation. It, it, it trickles down to... You know, what What does it look like for Bret Hart to 
um, stay with the WWE. And of course, there's collateral damage from him leaving. And Dave, you and I could talk about this for three hours, and we could talk about all the collateral, all the different things that happened. But we're going to stay on point with just Bret Hart for this uh, podcast. And, you know, down the line, maybe we can talk about some of those other things if we do a bigger rebook um, with him around. But um, the biggest thing that we want to look at is how does the WWF transition with Brett? Now, one of the big things that he talked about is he didn't like the way that the company was um, going, the direction that they were turning. Um, with the Attitude Era, with the cursing, with the women, with the suck it, with all of that stuff. Now, the first thing I want to say is, do you, or ask, do you think that he would mold himself into that, or do you think that he would still try to be that, um, that, that character of, you know, kind of a goodwill person, you know, somebody who stands for morals and, and respect and responsibility? I think, I think Brett would have stayed true to what he believes. He, he really always comes across that way. There are ways... But if you look at what happened in WCW, there are ways he can be that and still be around what's happening. I mean, he doesn't have to—he doesn't have to be involved in angles involving sex and 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 you know nudity and and all that sort of push the limits stuff. I think his position on the card would have allowed him. A lot of that stuff happened on the underneath. I mean, you look at you look at the Attitude Era. You got, at the top of the card, you got Austin, Rock, Undertaker. Mankind comes in there, and they're not really involved in any of the... I mean, we all know Austin swears, and that's just the nature of that angle, but Brett was swearing in, in 97 in the Hart Foundation. So it's not so much the swearing. I think the, the top of the card would find themselves isolated from a lot of the collateral that goes on. I think that would have allowed Brett to to probably see that he can work through it and be above it and be outside of that stuff. That would still be a part of the company, but Brett could remain unaffected from it. I really think it would be possible. I almost look at it like, you know, they they utilize the sex, the drugs, and the rock and roll to to get you to you know tune in, you know, between main event angles and stuff like that. And um, the one thing that obviously you look at is like the demonic stuff that the Undertaker did. That was about as high risk as they got in the main event. Um, Outside of maybe you look at the Shawn Michaels stuff leading up to WrestleMania, um, that would be something where, uh, you know, you kind of see some more of the risky behavior. But um, I think it's interesting to take that point. And, and right there, there's our first variable, Shawn Michaels, you know, and, and what what does he mean to this entire thing and, and how do we deal with his character? Because I think that we can talk about the money and all that stuff, but I really think that... At that point in time, there was a gun to Vince McMahon's head on each side of his body, and one of it was Triple H, and the other one was Shawn Michaels, and they were just clouding his head with this idea that Bret Hart was holding them back from doing so much more. Do you have any truth to that? Do you think? Uh, look, I, don't, I, I think I think it's 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 that time. There's all these different pieces. I think. Vince was concerned about the money initially, and then you've got Sean and Hunter in his ear. Um, and, and can Sean and Brett coexist? And look, the, the question could be, who knows? I mean, the reality is, um, we all know Sean wanted to be the top guy, Brett wanted to be the top guy, and then behind all this, you've got Stone Cold rising up, who's going to be the top guy? And, you know, I, I think 
if, you know, if Brett had stayed, I think there still would have been a lot of pressure. Like the whole Shawn Michaels situation would have possibly become a little bit more complicated. I think, um, and one of the things, I don't want to get too far, I guess this is getting into sort of the booking process and where it's going, but I think one of the things that the impact around Sean, Sean and Hunter sort of rise to the top, do their thing for a couple of months, and then Sean gets this back injury that really changes everything. It change, and there's a flow-on effect on the nature. Like Brett leaving, Sean's back injury really had a major impact on the on the main event scene in the WWF. And I think that um, if you could foresee there's going to be a back injury to Sean, I, you could see Vince taking a lot of different choices because Sean becomes a non-factor in less than two months after after. Brett's, Brett leaves, but I think you know, if, if Brett was to stay, I think there'd still be that tension between Sean, Brett. Um, it might temp, might cause a little bit of temperance between um, a bit of issue between Sean and Vince. But I think if Vince is allowing Sean and Hunter to still run the DX angle, and they can DX against Bret Hart, they can DX against. Shamrock and against Undertaker and against whoever they want to be DX against. And I think that would have allowed Sean his outlet without necessarily having to bow to the will of Bret Hart, if that makes sense. Yeah, and the only the only counterpoint to that is the catalyst for a lot of that in Shawn Michaels' mind, probably, would have been the world championship and how he was the main guy doing it. So... We got to try. And, I think that's, and that's our. That's probably the biggest issue that we. Well, we're probably not going to cross it too much, and that we're probably not going to really deal with it as much as we could. Yeah. And that's that could be a three-hour podcast on its own. Yeah. But that's yeah. That's probably the biggest issue is what would happen with the world title. And I guess what I think, and maybe what we're talking about is going to happen, might not be what Sean would have wanted. Could have caused some issues, but I think in the end there are other circumstances that are going to cause it to be a non-issue in the end. All right, so there's a little bit of the background. There's a little bit of uh, what we're going to have to be dealing with here, and let's go to Montreal, November the 9th, 1997, from the Molson Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. A lot of controversy already surrounding this main event, um, a lot of hype going into this contest that um, I always look at was five years in the making from Survivor Series 92 when these guys fought the first time. Um, coming into this event, you know, both men have grown and changed who they are as characters and as individuals and wrestlers. And um, I really enjoyed the match that they put on. I think that we keep a lot of the match up until Shawn Michaels grabs on to the sharpshooter. Now, the the if you watch the wrestling with shadows and things like that, the original finish was supposed to be some kind of a schmaz in which the Hart Foundation get involved, Davey Boy and the Anvil come out, um, Triple H and China come out. It kind of ends up being a uh, you know um, a brawl at the end and a DQ finish with Bret Hart walking out with the title. Dave, would you want to switch that at all? Or are, you, are we good with keeping that? What do you what do you think that? How do we start this thing off? I, I think I think the, the big key to me is I think um, Brett needs to keep the title at this point. He doesn't need to beat Sean, and I think if you've got Brett staying and Sean staying and Sean saying I'm not laying down for anyone, then I think the schmoz is the way to finish this off. It gives the impression these two can meet again in the future, 
Uh, we know that they are the top two blokes in the business. We know that they are, are passionate about being the best. And I guess it gives that impression we don't, we still don't know who the best is. It allows that to be looked at and grown in the future. And I, I think, you know, um, I think that it really, it generates the, the, the forward storyline for Bret Hart because I think that the direction of some of the other guys would really benefit, some of the other blokes we're going to talk about shortly, I think they're going to benefit from Brett being the champion. I think he's only had the belt since SummerSlam. Um, this was around the time when the hot shotting started. Like Brett had it and uh, Undertaker had it, Brett had it. Sean wins it from Brett in the controversial circumstances. Then it goes to Stone Cold. Then it goes to Kane. We get all this hot shotting in the space of 12 months. And I think getting Brett as a credible long-term champion is um, only going to improve things building towards WrestleMania. All right. So the finish of the match, do you do you go with the schmaz? Yeah, I think, I think run in from, I'd probably say... Uh, you could have, you could even go with that plan. Like Sean puts him in the sharpshooter. We know Brett was going to reverse it. We've seen him do it against other people. Brett reverses it and outruns Hunter and China. They attack. Uh, Owen, Davy Boy, Jim Neidhart run out. They're, they're helping out as well. All in, all breaks out. And you could even possibly throw in maybe some assistance from a little tag team that are sitting in the lower end of the card at the moment who have a bit of a future in the company. Maybe they could come out and get involved in this battle as well. Who knows? But yeah. um, I think, yeah, all in, breaks out, referees, officials everywhere. No one knows what's happening. You could have Sean cursing Brett, giving him the crotch chops, Brett sort of, you know, being held back by the Hart Foundation and everyone clamoring for another rematch at some point. Yep, and at this point now we've got two uh, two guys who are you know, hotter than all get out at one another. The Montreal crowd is hot, and we go into Raw the next night. Now, from here, Bret Hart is still champion. Um, Austin has won the IC title back, and we are heading into uh, Degeneration X. Um, and that, of course, takes place, uh, you know, on December 7th. So we've got a little bit less than a month for this one. Um, the original main event, of course, Shawn Michaels versus uh, Ken Shamrock. Now, here's the match that I see because I still think that you could do this one, and that would be Shamrock versus Bret Hart. I think that there's a lot of money on the table for those two to have a great, great wrestling match um, on this card, and I still think that we can call it DX, but we just have to figure out something else for Shawn and Hunter to be doing. I think, yeah, there's one or two ways I'm thinking about it. I agree you've got the uh, the Shamrock-Bret Hart match would be um, something worthwhile. The other alternative would be to look at a possible DX versus the Hart brothers. Maybe maybe Sean and Hunter against Bret Nowen in a main event, and Sean can get the win here. Sean can pin him clean because the title's not on the line. That's that, That's certainly an option you've got. Or you've got the uh, the idea that maybe maybe Sean is uh, is is put into a match. Maybe maybe you bring uh, maybe you bring someone else in, into the mix in this situation. Maybe maybe Sean can be facing uh, Mankind rather than Mankind wrestling, or I guess it was Dude Love wrestling um, Kane. Maybe you could uh, 
maybe you could have. Um, I don't know. They didn't. That was uh, that was the Survivor yep. Series. Maybe maybe Mick Foley could could go up against Sean again, or maybe Sean is Sean and Hunter can wrestle uh, Undertaker and, and and a tag team partner of his choice. I actually really like that idea. I think that we still have to protect Triple H a little bit. I don't know if he was still hurt around this time or if he got hurt. No, because he, he wrestled Sergeant Slaughter yep. at DX. And, and it was a – well, it was a boot camp match. So I figure let's let's bend the rules a little bit and make that kind of a fight um, between Shawn Michaels and Triple H versus Bret Hart and Owen Hart. And uh, I, I like that match a lot. I think that would have been – that would have been one of the better tag team contests. I still think that you run with the DX angle there. Um, Stone Cold still defeats Rocky, uh, the Rock, for the title. I do like the idea of Shamrock versus Mankind. Um, almost as kind of a number one contender match. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I think that you could still use that kind of a tie-in and say, well, the winner of this match is going on to the Royal Rumble to face Bret Hart. Yeah, that, I think that would be. I think that would be very feasible. I, I think um, you know it, 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 it creates you know, some options, or maybe maybe Shamrock versus um, versus a Gold Dust, or yeah, you've had Gold Dust just turn heel, an artist formerly known as Gold Dust, whatever direction you want to take with with Dustin Rhodes. But you've got a couple of options that you could flick Shamrock in to keep him strong, to keep him looking good. You could even put. You could even put Shamrock against, you know, Farouk yep. or um, or another member of the nation to possibly set up that run. Because the, one of the things I like coming out of into that new year is the Shamrock Rock series. I think that's one of the greatest rivalries in that in that early Attitude era, and um, it'd be a shame to not have those two battling each other because I think they really brought out a lot in each other. And uh, one thing I would probably take off this card is Undertaker versus Jeff Jarrett. And oh, the only, absolutely. The only reason why is we haven't seen Undertaker in a while because I don't believe he was at Survivor Series. No, he wasn't. And what I would actually do, and I know that we want to try and get Shawn Michaels' win back, but I would actually have the Undertaker cause um, some chaos there at the end and maybe even take Michaels out, leading to their match at Royal Rumble. But also, um, you know, you know, Triple H can eat the pin or however we want to do it. Um, but that would kind of that would kind of settle the tide. And then from this show, we've got a lot of things coming our way because we've still got a lot of TV to lead up to the Royal Rumble. Um, and I like the idea of that match. So you've already got, you know, two. Uh, headline matches for the Royal Rumble to go along with the Royal Rumble match. I think that would be great. You know, you you could still move things around and say, all right, for the WWF title, you've got Brett versus um, Shamrock, or you could even do Mankind. Whatever you want to do, I I still think that Brett versus Shamrock is the match, though. Um, and then you've got. You know, Stone Cold in the Rumble, and then Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in the casket match, leading to Kane coming back, leading to Shawn Michaels still getting hurt in in the end. There, I think. I think. Yeah, you could even have. You could have. Um, I like the idea of that. What you're saying about Undertaker getting involved in that DX match, and you could even do this to take you end that separate that match. You could actually have Shamrock meet Jeff Jarrett. Oh yeah, and and, and that 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 allows you to. Use Shamrock in a match and get him his win. You can then have, you could even have Sean and Hunter get their win, maybe in controversial circumstances, 
the, they're winning, they're celebrating crotch chopping, and the lights go out, and the lights come back on, and Undertaker is standing behind them both. Double choke slam, and he starts beating on Sean. Sean thrown around, ends up going over the top rope, and bailing back to the dressing room. Um, and you, that way you can still have DX get that win and on the DX show. Almost a little bit what happened when Owen attacked Sean after the Shamrock match in, in real life. But put the Undertaker in there. Here's the return of the Undertaker and he wants his match at the Rumble. I, I agree. I think that there's a couple of things that you could do with that. Um, I, I, I like both of those. You know, it, I don't think in, in any way that you're hurting um, – you're hurting uh, the – uh, the credibility of the champion and stuff like that. And coming out of this, you know, you go to the Royal Rumble and, and you uh, you still have a lot of great matches there. Obviously, the match placement has to be important. Um, and and even in that, in that matchup at, at DX, you have that tag team that we've kind of been quietly talking about but we haven't named. You know, they could be involved in that, and that could be foil for The Undertaker to get his hands on, you know, both of them and get his hands on Triple H, and you end the pay-per-view with, um, you know, The Undertaker chasing Shawn Michaels back up the ramp. Yeah, you know? yeah that, that, would, that, would be a good, that would be a good spectacle, and I think coming out of that, that allows you then to siphon Shawn back off onto Undertaker, which, which is what we want to have happen, that frees up Bret Hart for where we want to go with him. And I think coming out of the Rumble, what would be really good is I think because he's had this whole thing for, for a few months, he's had the we've had the anti-USA thing. And I, and I honestly think that leading into DX, you're probably going to see a little bit of the – not ending that angle. I still like the Hart Foundation, the pro-Canadian thing. And I, but I think it's going to start to not be as – the prominent theme of Brett now. I think the prominent theme of Brett now needs to be, I'm the champion. I've got my my family to support me. I'm pro Canadian, but I'm gonna re- I'm gonna get back to wrestling guys. And I think coming out of the DX, he could have two or three roars in a row where he just wrestles some different guys and get you know title matches, gets a win. You know, he can beat a Goldust, he can beat a Farouk, he can beat a, you know, a, a Vader or, or, or whoever it is, a Mankind, a Dude Love, whatever. He can go through a string of blokes leading up to a match at the Rumble against someone who you're putting forward as the number one contender. And, gosh, we've got so much TV. Um, that's the that's the crazy thing to think about is how much time we have between these because, like I said, that was on the 9th and, and we're going – all the way, or the seventh, or whatever. We're going all the way to um, January. Uh, I believe it's nineteenth um, or eighteenth, January eighteenth from San Jose. So we've got time to to build or do whatever we want to do um, to lead up up to that match. And um, I don't know. There's a there's a lot that can be done. And I think coming out of um, coming out of the Rumble, we've got a clear champion in Bret Hart. We've got a clear number one contender in Stone Cold Steve Austin. And these guys really haven't been around one another, uh, you know, shit since the Stampede. Since Stampede. And I think this is where I want to go with this direction. So I guess coming into the Rumble, he has a number one, he has a match, and match placement. I probably have this third, like your Rumble's your last match. I probably have the the Undertaker-Shawn Michaels casket match still before the Rumble. And I'd have the Bret Hart title match before that. And it could be 
it's going to be a hard-fought match. Brett gets his win. And then I think Sean still injures his back at that casket match because that's what happened. But coming out of the Rumble, we now are seeing Austin and Brad Hart are coming back together for the first time in about six months. And I want to harken back. I remember leading into the WrestleMania 13 match, they had the... They had the Slammy Awards, and one of my favorite things that Stone Cold said at that night, he was talking about Brett, and he's saying, Brett, this is never going to be over. This is never going to be over. And I'd love to be able to utilize that to the comeback that, that Steve Austin is now able to say, Brett, I told you this was never going to be over, and now I want your title and I'm coming for you. And I think that really gives you a full circle. We've, 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 they've feuded for, for a few months. They've had a break. Austin's gone through the rest of the Hart Foundation. He's won the Intercontinental title. He's given that up, and now he's in that prime position. He is better, and his game is better. His, his progression is much stronger, and he's in a better position now to really threaten him. Like, he lost last year because... He fell unconscious. you got to remember that. He didn't lose. He didn't tap out. He didn't get pinned. Austin could really use that as the catalyst for the build-up to Mania. And I think that it's... I love the build-up between Michaels and uh, and Austin. I thought it was great. And I still get goosebumps right now thinking about Mike Tyson and the, the shoving match and all of that stuff. Man, was it awesome. It was, it was probably, in my opinion, top three WrestleMania main event builds of all time. Um, and... With that, I still think that we can bring in Mike Tyson because I think Mike Tyson can be um, can be utilized on this show. I mean, shit, why not? And I think that yeah, it's, absolutely. it's because the only bad part going into it is you don't want it to be a no-holds-barred match, I don't think. You want it to be a fight, though. So you've got somebody like Mike Tyson where you know that the rules are going to be a little bit laxed, and he's going to be out there. But I think the catalyst for Mike Tyson being out there is is Vince McMahon says, no Hart Foundation will get involved, and no members of DX will get involved. Nobody will get involved in this match because Mike Tyson is going to be there to... Uh, be the baddest man on the planet, you know, and then Stone Cold yeah. comes out and then they do the shoving and it's and it's on. But I don't think that you play off the angle of Stone Cold versus Mike Tyson this way. I still think that Bret Hart versus Stone Cold is, is the catalyst. It's the you don't have any need to get anything else. These two guys will sell that thing out no matter what. And um I and Mike Tyson provides the the mainstream coverage, which is what he did generate to make it, to, to help launch them moving forward out of Mania, because that's, that's the reality of what happened. The mainstream coverage blew up, and WWE became acceptable to everyone. Yeah. And I think you can still use Mike Tyson that way. He can still get into a shoving match, like you said, with, with Steve Austin. In the build-up to the, to the Mania match, he can, you know, you can highlight that Austin thinks that, that, um, that Mike Tyson is going to favour Brett, and Brett can be just as adamant that he doesn't trust Tyson because Tyson's American. Yeah. And and so both of these blokes can be wary of Tyson, and Tyson can have that impartial down the middle. I'm going to knock everyone's teeth out. Yeah. And um, I could I could yeah that could really make it for an interesting uh, for an interesting dynamic building into Mania. I, I so think coming out, so coming out of the Rumble, we still have our 
Tyson moment. Yep. And, and of course, that builds up to uh, No Way Out of Texas um, on February the 15th. So we have, again, another month of television to go. And um, on this show, coming out of Rumble, we I, I like what you said. We've kind of got to get that focus back on Shamrock versus The Rock. Um, so we take Shamrock out of that world title picture. Um I think that Austin, you know, we now have him cemented in with that. Um, the only thing, and, and I said that we weren't going to talk about it, but it's hard not to. You know, what are we doing with DX? Because we also have The Undertaker versus Kane already set up. You know, in my mind, I see a little bit of the issue building up between DX. And um, I, I like the idea of the, the big war, or the big uh, non-sanctioned eight-man tag match. Um, that they do have. Obviously, we're going to have to change some things. But, um, you know, do you like the idea of maybe DX getting some dissension here? You know, maybe Michael's saying, well, I can't wrestle, and I'm not going to wrestle on this. If I'm not wrestling for the world title, I'm not fighting at all kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think that would really make a good angle. You've got the injury coming out of the Rumble. He's got a, he's got a legit back injury, and they can really play it up. He's not getting a shot at the title. Um, we, we, we've moved the Undertaker off somewhere else. And I think, I think the, the idea that maybe you could get some tension here between Sean and Hunter on screen, Hunter sort of, you know, it can start innocently. Like there's a couple of matches, maybe, maybe they, they turn up at Raw and, and Sean says, look, I, I, I'm not competing tonight. I'm, um, you know, Hunter, you can go and do it by yourself. And maybe he ropes in the outlaws to help him here. And so he goes into a main a match on Raw with the Outlaws rather than rather than Sean who who doesn't appear. And then then you get another match the you know, the following week or an angle the following week where you know Sean again refuses to participate in something. And and Hunter can be talking to the Outlaws talking about how he thought Sean Michaels was this big you know this big tough guy and he's acting like a pussy. He's acting mm-hmm. like a wimp. Um, doesn't say it to his face, he's still mates with him, but then slowly there's some issues between Hunter and Sean to the point that Hunter gets absolutely ticked off at, at, um, at Sean and we get an early split, DX split. Hunter gets, gets the outlaws and they turn on Sean. Well, Sean's going to have one last match before he rides off into the sunset with his back injury. Well, see, he has the opportunity to put over his best mate. I don't think I. I don't think I'd turn him yet. I. I personally would like to see the battle for DX happen at WrestleMania. Oh, that's where I'm. That's where I'm meaning to. I'm okay. building, building to that. So you need something to create the catalyst for that build up down the track. Yeah, and I. I think you look at that and you say. All right, you know, it's it's all on the line. It's every, you know, winner take all. Who is going to be the head of DX? You've got this build of Triple H saying, I'm the one that's been out here doing it week in and week out. You've been sitting in San Antonio. You've been doing this. You've been doing that. And, you know, really getting in his face. And I think that Michaels could almost have some sympathy, but... I think Michaels is the one that does all the, the the attacking, or you know, he's the one that hits him with sweet chin music, you know. Yeah. And and you really you you have such a fine line and a gray area between these two guys. You don't know which one you're going to cheer for, but you know that they're going to come out and they're going to put on a great match. Um, I think yeah. that backstage it would have been absolute hell to try and deal with Shawn Michaels at this point. Um, but to get to this point to give Triple H the rub of all rubs. Um, you know, we, we head into WrestleMania, um, 
you know, on March the 29th from Boston. Uh, you look at that card, oh my gosh. At the top, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, or Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin with Mike Tyson as a referee. Undertaker versus Kane. I still like Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie versus the New Age Outlaws. I think that match is okay. I like The Rock versus Shamrock. Triple H versus uh, Shawn Michaels with the Battle for DX. I, I, you look at that and you say, how do you not do two million buys? You know, how, uh, do, you, how do you not have that be one of the, the greatest matches of, or the greatest WrestleManias of all time with those, with those matches? And I even think you look at a guy like Owen Hart. Why couldn't he be the, the third wheel in that Rock versus Shamrock match? Oh, absolutely! I think that'd be that'd be um, amazing. And then throw on top of that, you've still got Davy Boy around as well. So I mean, you could even go if you don't want to go with the. Uh, and I agree. I think the Outlaws versus Cactus and Chainsaw Charlie is is a good match. But the other side of the coin, you could throw out there the Outlaws versus Owen and Davy Boy. Yeah, that could be another option. I mean, if you bring it back to No Way Out, you talk about the unsanctioned match. I think this is where you could really have another. You could have a bit of more of the the Hart Foundation DX Bluff. They could have the unsanctioned match with Stone Cold sitting on commentary because he doesn't need to compete. And at the end of the match, he can come in and just stunner everyone. Yeah. Send the crowd home happy. You know, Brett gets in his face um, at some point during the match, and he's had enough. In he goes. He starts dropping everyone in the Hart Foundation with stunners, then drops everyone with DX with stunners. And then, you know, yeah, yeah, that match can finish however you want it to finish. Sean's not there. He pulled out because of a back injury. That becomes your, your catalyst moving forward. Hunter is upset at Sean. Hunter is frustrated. Sean gets annoyed at the comments and it builds from there. But that allows, that allows Brett and Austin to interact without having to have anything to do with the title. Austin doesn't need to necessarily even wrestle a match and if you remember I, I remember quite clearly just before that is when Austin hurt his other knee and they, yep. were, they were really concerned about the impact this is when he had to start wearing knee braces on both knees so this could help keep Austin a little bit healthy in the build up to to the mania match well, and I look at that match and I say you know in the week before Raw it's announced that Shawn Michaels isn't going to wrestle on that on that card on Sunday night, and at this point it was going to be Anvil, Bulldog, Owen, and uh, Brett versus Sean Triple H, um, and the and Outlaws. The and and you sit there and you say, well, Michaels isn't going to wrestle, and you still have Stone Cold like out there, like maybe Stone Cold would join DX to fight him. You know, you 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 tread that line and you say, you know, Austin will do anything to get his hands on Bret Hart. And even if that means that he will turn and and he will he will side with DX on this night, you know anything could happen. And then you get to the night and you say, okay, well it's going to be a six man tag now. Do you pull Bret Hart from the match to kind of jaw jack with Austin, or do you pull the Anvil and have him? You know, obviously he's the weakest link. Um, I think there's a lot that you could do with that. Yeah, I, I think I think it could go either way. Um, I think. You know, you turn into a six-man. I, I love the idea of Austin being the unwilling teammate. Not not just is he going to be like everyone could. You could see it coming, and and it's not even his choice. It could be whether maybe this 
maybe this is how you could do this, do this situation. Vince comes out, whereas we now know Vince is the owner. That came up when when Austin stoned him when he had a neck neck injury. We haven't had Montreal, so Vince has probably been a bit more behind the scenes. And Vince comes out. Maybe in the weeks building up, we, we you know we talk about when when the Tyson things happen. Vince is known as the boss. He is the boss now, yeah. and he's the owner. That becomes more public knowledge. So Vince comes out and says, "I'm making this this decision. We're not having a handicap match. We advertised an eight man tag. That's what we're going to have. And Stone Cold Steve Austin will be the partner of DX. And Austin doesn't want to have to do it. He, he maybe he shoves gives Vince a shove in the back." You know, to give you that build-up that actually, you can actually still head into the Austin-McMahon thing coming out of WrestleMania, and you've got a natural catalyst for it there. Uh, another natural catalyst. You know, Austin doesn't like this decision. Uh, shoves him down, unwillingly teams with with um, uh, DX. Maybe he even gets the win. Yeah. And, um, and then drops everyone, including DX with stunners. And I think, you know, I would do it similar like that. And I would actually have Austin, I would actually have him be on the team, but I'd have him say, screw it, and then go on commentary. You know, like like, like hijack commentary. And then you have Vince come out with the Stooges. And, like, you really build up this idea, like, McMahon's got this authority. Because we haven't talked about it yet. He didn't come out and say, Brett screwed Brett. He doesn't have a reason for people to really hate him yet. But with this, this... overlap of these couple months Vince is starting to push his authority out and say I'm making these matches these things are happening because of me and and it really comes to fruition here when um he comes out with the Stooges because now <coughs> excuse me of course we, we don't call them the Stooges he's coming out with officials it just yeah. happens to be Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe or maybe Sergeant yeah. Slaughter but now and you've got there, 12 men out there order it. you're in this match get off commentary Get up and get involved in this match. And you, you've, and got, cra- you've got 12 men out there, though. Like, that's the best thing I can see. This convoluted main event. There's 12 men out there. And the Stooges or, you know, whoever come out with McMahon, and they're, they're pushing Austin. They're putting their finger in his face. Austin then, you know, he can... He can push those guys out of the way and fight them and punch them and kick them. He's stunning people. All of a sudden, he gets up on the rope and, you know, you know the road dog bounces into him and Austin makes the tag. He comes in. He starts beating the piss out of everyone. You know, Stone Cold Stunners. And, and then he gets the win on the anvil, you know. And then, you know, he turns around and Triple H and those guys are there. And then he starts fucking kicking them and stunning them and, and going to town, you know. I just think that that's such a fun catalyst for him. You know, we're, we're still protecting him, but we're really pushing this ang- angle that's saying, I'm the vo- boss, Vince McMahon, and, and Austin, you're doing this for me, and I'm making you do it. And then the the highlight of that show is to see Brett kind of, uh, you know, retreated up to the back of the rampway, McMahon in the middle of the rampway with his stooges, and Stone Cold Steve Austin flipping them both off and, and pointing at Brett and, you know, putting the title sign and pointing at Vince and, you know, really giving him the double the double bird. Um, that visual, to me, sells WrestleMania um, at that point. You know, anything could happen. Yeah, I think, I think that will. I think that's a really good build-up coming into Mania, and that allows, you know, 
on the Raw in the one or two weeks before Mania, you can come back to it with what they did when they had Kevin Kelly interview McMahon and say, do you want Austin as your champion? You could, he could talk about, you could, that interview then becomes, you haven't liked the direction, you don't like what's happened to Bret Hart. And, and McMahon could come out and do something like, well, Bret Hart's the lesser of two evils, you know. I, oh, hell no, I don't want Austin as my champion. Mm-hmm. Um, at least with Bret Hart, I know what I've got. Um, I don't know what I'm getting with Austin. And that, that, that creates that catalyst. Like, Vince doesn't like either bloke, but we're building those those stepping stones for post-mania. And, and like I said, so we've gotten out of No Way Out of Texas and we build up to this WrestleMania that in my opinion, if we do this card, it's it's gangbusters. Katie bar the door. WCW dies on this night. Main event: Steve Austin versus Bret Hart for the world title with Mike Tyson. Undertaker versus Kane. Cactus and Dude Love or Cactus and Chainsaw Charlie versus the Outlaws. The Rock, Shamrock, and and I think you put Owen in as a triple threat. Um, and then you've got Triple H versus Shawn Michaels for the battle for DX. I think you just throw in uh, Bulldog and Anvil into that convoluted battle royal um, in the beginning. Um, but I still think the rest of that card just eats eats so much alive. Like, when's the last time you had five solid matches like that? You know, uh, at that time period, it had been a while. I think that would have been a, a great build. I think. Austin and Brett would have gone out to absolutely tear the house down. Like they've had, they had a, a good match at Survivor Series '96. They had a good match, they had a very good match at WrestleMania 13. I think they're going out there to utterly and totally top the both of them and, and put on what probably would have been. A, I know. I know Austin can't bump as much, but Austin's no longer the heel; he's the face. And so you've got that clear distinction now. They have now reversed roles, and I think Brett would have wanted to put Stone Cold over the right way in a big way to make sure that moment really, really mattered for Steve Austin. And I think it would have been a fantastic match. And I think, uh, you know, we can run down that card real quick. Obviously, I like The Rock still winning the, you know, Intercontinental Championship. I think he's fine there retaining that title. Um I think Cactus and Chainsaw, I still like the dumpster match. I still like what comes out of it, too. So I want to keep that going. Undertaker obviously beats Kane. Shawn Michaels obviously goes down to Triple H. You're seeing that turning of the guard. This is really a a big moment because this is the the turning point for the WWF. Shawn Michaels passes the torch to Triple H. um, And I think, you know what, I think those guys go out with a chip on their shoulder the the size of the Rocky Mountains. These guys are going out there to say there's no way that Brett and Sean or Brett and Austin can can top what we're going to do. And I, I I really could see them putting on a great match that night. Um, yeah, and then of course and then of course Brett and Austin are going to go out there and do everything they can to top it. So you've got that. Yeah, you've really got that that nature. And I think it allows it it, it sets up a situation. The big thing that happened with. Brett's leaving and, and Shawn Michaels' injury was a real miss at the top of the card. They, got, they had to suddenly, they didn't have guys ready to be built and they didn't know what to do. And now we've actually, this, this situation allows guys, it allows Shawn to, you know, to work to build someone else up before he goes. So Hunter doesn't suddenly go from this mid-card bloke to leading DX and it really was a very sudden change because 
at WrestleMania, he's always been number two to Sean. And the day after WrestleMania, he's number one. And he's got his interview, and it really looks different. And um, this allows that to be a bit more of a, a gradual process, I think. Yep. And so, gosh, I, I, I just would... I would love to see what that WrestleMania would have looked like. I mean, I I really don't think that you could have topped that in in the 13 years previous. There's nothing that would have topped that card. And even to go on, I don't think there's very much that could have topped it. I mean, 17, obviously. But now we've got Bret Hart here still. He's healthy. He just lost the world title to Steve Austin. What do we do with him? Do you do you really go back and do the same thing we did two years ago and have him go away for a while? Um, no, I think I think there's an opportunity to make use of Brett. I don't think he needs to have a break. Um, I think this is where you move away from the anti-American gimmick. I think this is where maybe Brett starts to recognize, oh crap, you know, I, you know, I. I want to, you know, I'm, that's not who I am. However they do that, they can move away from that. You can use him for a couple of matches. Like, I think you could have him, you could even have him wrestle Hunter um, post-Mania. Yeah, at Unforgiven. Sort of, sorry? At Unforgiven, yeah, the next pay-per-view. Yeah, tie that off, and then before you siphon off DX and and and, and um, the Nation, before they start their thing, and you're going to have Hunter and... Rock go off. I think Brett could have a match against Hunter. Then he could have a match against, you know, yeah, coming out of Unforgiven into um, uh, what was what was after um, um what's our what's our order? We've got Unforgiven, and then you've got Over the Edge. Over the Edge. So I think I think at Over the Edge, you can have him in in a role. Maybe maybe this is where. You still look at who's. This is where maybe he could have a run with Shamrock. And this I was going to say he that have that run with Shamrock. I actually want to do that right after Mania. I want I want Bret Hart to come out, and, and I don't want him to be. I think we can go away from the anti-American thing after he says that statement about Tyson. Um, you know, he he builds up and he and, and it just becomes a fight, and it's not anti-American. He's not carrying the flag anymore. He's just carrying the title, and then it really builds up into. Um, just this, this Bret Hart is a bad guy. And then the night after mania, he comes out and he's kind of complaining, you know, if it wasn't for Mike Tyson, I would have been champion again. If it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that. And I think that you can recycle the reasoning behind that feud with Steve Austin two years prior and bring in Shamrock. And I would, oh my gosh, could you imagine a trilogy with these guys? For oh, three- I think that would be, that would be awesome. And you could, that, yeah, you could use... Austin, Shamrock's just had this series with The Rock that has, I think, elevated them both, but it's really helped The Rock. But now you can return the favor to Shamrock, and they can have you know, that first match, Brett still being the heel, gets a roll-up, grabs the tights or something. They have a second match, maybe at King of the Ring. They have a second match, which you know, maybe they don't meet at King of the Ring, because I think Shamrock can be in the King of the Ring tournament. So maybe maybe at King of the Ring, Bret Hart is on commentary. Bret Hart is not actually in a match. Maybe he's on the commentary this time. And then you can build up into the into SummerSlam. And here, Bret Hart and Shamrock can have that blow-off match at SummerSlam where Shamrock beats him clean with the ankle lock. You know? Hart taps out in the middle of the ring and Shamrock looks... Like a superstar. I, I actually, and, and and that's great. 
I actually want to do just a little bit different. What I would say is that you do the over-the-edge and the Unforgiven matches. And and maybe maybe you do a tag match in there somewhere or something. You know, I think of a guy like Vader um, who could team with Shamrock to go against the Hart Foundation. But fuck, man, I would put Shamrock versus uh, Bret Hart in the finals of the King of the Ring. And, and, yeah, look, that could work. Or, or, or like you said, I mean, I guess when I look at it, I look at what The Rock did and, and how important that was for him. And, and you could do that. You know, you could have maybe maybe Bret Hart gets beat at Over the Edge by Shamrock. And he comes back, you know, he's gone for a little bit. He comes back on TV and he says, you know, you know you're not a real king of the ring. I was a real king of the ring. I fought all over the world and blah, fucking blah. And then you go to that SummerSlam match with those two. I, I, You know, that's maybe another way to look at, you know, how do you utilize this guy in a way? Because that's an upper mid-card match. Um, not quite main event, but still uh, very good. And you're you're really using Bret Hart um, to to put it over. Yeah, I, I think... I think that's um, that that that's the way to go, and, uh, and I think that idea of, of of Bret Hart running the "You're not a real king of the ring." I I you know, I had to beat more men than you do. I I had to beat you know three men in one night. You only had to beat two. You know I'm I, I've done it this way. I've been a champion. You're you're nowhere near me, and and that that allows that catalyst. They split a win each in in tight circumstances. You know Bret wins by pulling the tights. Maybe Shamrock gets a roll-up, or maybe you do the old double-pin German suplex thing where Shamrock manages to roll his shoulder up and the referee calls, says that he's won the match and Brett doesn't like it, building into, I don't know, it could be a regular match, it could even be a submission match at SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, I think you go for the submission match. I mean, there's no way. Madison Square Garden, are you kidding me? These guys would fucking tear it down. I mean, it would be incredible, and you know that both of them, it would be a hot match. I really like the idea of that one. And I say one of the things that you do with uh, with Bret Hart is you say, Ken Shamrock, who'd you beat? Who'd you beat to become King of the Ring? You beat Kama. You beat Mark Henry, and you beat Jeff Jarrett. I beat guys like Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. I beat guys like Bam Bam Bigelow. You know, but in, in okay, so maybe you can't do that because those are WCW guys at that time. But you're still thinking about, you know, maybe he doesn't name him off, but he says, you know, who did you beat to become this king? I'm a real king. I'm the true king of the ring. I've never lost it. You know, and and really build that that angle up and say that you you couldn't beat me on your best day. You know, and and really you know go for it in that sense. Yeah, and you know, Bret Hart can do that sort of that. That I'm the best in the world promo. I mean, I know we talk about how in in the modern day Jericho and Punk and all that have, have have spouted that, but Bret Hart used to talk about being the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, and he he believed it, and he made everyone who heard him believe it, and and he could he could build that match on promo alone, throw in a few run-ins, tag matches. Maybe you do the whole situation where it seems that Shamrock can't get a win. Like, Bret Hart could say, Shamrock rolled his shoulder. I actually had him beat. He beats him in every tag match. So he really gets this idea of, Shamrock, you can't beat me. I've proven it time and again. 
you know, let's do it. Last time, you're not getting another shot at me. I'm, I don't want to wrestle you again. Last time, Madison Square Garden, it'd, yeah, it'd blow the it'd blow the roof off the well, place. And I and I there's this little catalyst that we're not adding into the effect yet, and that is Owen Hart and yeah. the Dungeon Match. And oh, you know what? And I even forgot about Dan Severn. Why couldn't Dan Severn be a guy that we would utilize? You know, Dan Severn and Ken Shamrock versus Brett and Owen Hart. Oh, that'd that'd be a good that'd be that's your that's your match in between King of the Ring and and, and WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, SummerSlam. No, well, actually, I and, and this is just hear me out. That's the match after um you know or or sometime you know you do the first match with Brett and Shamrock at. Unforgiven. You do that tag match. I don't know if Severn was around at that point, though. I guess I'd have to. I'd have to yeah, do some he, check. he turned up. He turned up uh, about two, three weeks after WrestleMania. So you you do that at Over the Edge, and then you do uh, you know uh, Brett is away, uh, not doing the the match at um, King of the Ring, and then you do the Dungeon match, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Bret Hart is. At the Hart House, <laughs> you know, and he causes Shamrock the match, and maybe you see Shamrock and Severn, you know, beat up there or something, or maybe you don't have Severn in that contest, but at the in the dungeon match, it's a way for Shamrock to be locked in a house with Owen and Brett, and they just beat the piss out of him. Yeah, yeah, blood, get the get the cut on the head, blood going everywhere. Yeah, that that'd be fantastic. Um, oh gosh, that would be great. And then you go into SummerSlam, Madison Square Garden, Bret Hart versus Ken Shamrock, submission, no holds barred, whatever you want to call it. These guys are going to go tear shit up. Yeah. I think, I think that would be, that would be a fantastic, fantastic way to use them. Um, it keeps, yeah, yeah, it, it really would, it would, it would take that SummerSlam up another entirely, I mean, it's already one of the best SummerSlams ever. You throw that match into it, and you take it up another notch. Oh, oh, gosh! And the and the biggest thing is, I mean, I miss what you said. Are, are we having Brett or, or Shamrock go over there? Shamrock, Shamrock would, would would force Brett to tap out in the middle of the ring. Okay, oh, yeah. okay. So now we've we let's let's regress one year from now, and that was in '97. Brett was world champion, and and in that time frame. We've utilized him as a guy who will get to the main event and put guys over. You know, he's put over Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is now the hottest wrestler in the world. He now puts over Ken Shamrock, who is on a tear. And he is ready to just skyrocket to the moon. Um, what, what can we do with Brett now? I mean, we've utilized him to push over two stars. In my opinion, we've got to do some rebuilding of him. And I think that we really kind of got to take a break for two reasons. One, we've got to rebuild him. But two, we've created some stars around him. We've created The Rock and Triple H who have been doing it on their own on the other side. Stone Cold and and The Undertaker who have been doing it. Oh, yeah, we've got this big-ass dude named Kane who became world champion during this time. He's doing his thing. Um, you know, there's mankind. There's a lot going on. What, could we take Brett out for a couple of one, uh, weeks, months, and then, you know, put him back in somewhere? Yeah, I think I think this is your perfect opportunity to change to change the character of Brett. I guess we've had the anti-American, the heel. He's still running as a heel at this point. 
loses by submission, and he goes away. You, you get this impression, tail between his legs, he's embarrassed for whatever reason. You don't have to say it openly, but that's what everyone suspects. You could even have a heel rock or a heel or, or a, or a um, you know, Jerry the King Lawler or Jim Ross or someone saying, you know, he, he's embarrassed. He, this is this is not what he thought would happen. And you can have updates. Someone saying, yeah, my brother's just taking some time out. He's he's training hard in the dungeon again. Um, he's talking to dad and wh- where's he going to go? And it allows him, because I think the thing about Brett, what I believe is Brett had to work hard to be, like we had that change of environment that led to him becoming a heel, the whole cheering for, for Austin. But now we're in the in the era where I think Brett would start to be accepted the way Ric Flair was. Doesn't matter what he does, he's going to start to be cheered. He's put over Stone Cold, he's put over Shamrock, he's put on some quality matches. The fans are going to recognise that and the fans are going to start to cheer him because he's good. He's in the ring, he's fantastic. Take him off the set for a, for a month or two and he comes back, He's going to come back to cheers. Uh, I think come that back the way that in you the eyes of the fans, they want him now. Yeah. The way that you do it is you have him come back, and he cuts that Hulk Hogan uh, post WrestleMania 18 promo. It, it, it's as though he he shed all of his sins, and he comes back, and he's just he's just happy to be there. You know, he says he says something along the lines of you know. I look at what I've done over the past year and, and the fights and the wars that I've been in and, you know, and I, and I took some time off and, you know, he just talks about how, you know, this is, this is where he wants to be and this is what he wants to be doing. And, uh, you know, he, he, he says that he is, uh, you know, he's here to, to not just be Bret Hart. He's here to be the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever fucking will be. And, and he's got to find a way to do that. And he's going yeah, to do what I think that, he's going to do whatever it takes to to be back to where he was. I think that would work. I think that would work brilliantly. And and you could set that up then that he does that. And if he does that coming out around the time when the world title gets held up, all of a sudden Bret Hart can say, "I'm going in that tournament. I'm going to show everyone that I'm still as good as I ever have been." And I'm going to win that tournament for each and every one of you fans, you know. And he 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 goes in this tournament, you know. He enters the tournament for the WF. So his return could realistically be Survivor Series. Yep, yep. And I think he's coming back. And he and on that promo, he says, "I want to be the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be." We coincide this with, um, you know, maybe it's the night after uh, Judgment Day with the 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 big title issue and you know our mcmahon has has become this megalomaniac and and he's saying you know there's going to be a tournament and blah 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 and you know it's bret hart that comes out and says i'm putting my name out there to be in this tournament i want to be the best there is best there was the best there ever will be um and oh my gosh i could i could see that being just a huge addition to that tournament but i think that you have to rebook that entire tournament though I don't think that you can um, Russo-size what happened there <laughs> in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it, it would it would take some retweaking. I think I think you know you you want to have it 
Um, you don't want to have these two-minute, one-minute matches. That there does need to be a little bit more to it for Brett to be able to to get those fans back in his corner. And that that's really the night you're doing it. I think you can do it because you're going to have those some of those fans who are still going to probably be anti anti Brett. And you could almost I could almost see it's in a way Brett almost slotting into that Mick Foley role. He was a heel, but he was becoming a face. And at the end of the night, The Rock, The Rock, Vince McMahon and The Rock screw Brett over. The Rock becomes the heel, and it's Brett who is the victim. And the crowd want Brett to get what he deserves. They want him to be the champ. They want him to, 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 to come into that spotlight. And now Brett can start working with someone like The Rock and start to build The Rock up. And, okay, and, and I've got to bring it up. Here is our first catastrophe from Bret Hart not leaving the WWF. And it's actually a guy who threatened to leave because he left. And that's Mick Foley. And in in that scenario that we just talked about, Mick Foley does not get, you know, he gets his shine earlier in the year with Austin. And and I guess this, we should have prefaced this earlier, but when we're not talking about something, we're we're acting as though it happened the way it did happen. Um, I think I, I think we made that kind of clear, but um, with with that, mankind now loses what you know made him special for that little run. Um, the only other way I could see it happening is if you add in two guys to that tournament, and maybe you put you put Undertaker versus Kane. Maybe you put um, you put. Uh, Bret Hart versus Ken Shamrock in the first round. Like McMahon kind of says, you know, I know this guy can beat you. And Bret beats Shamrock. And then Bret beats The Undertaker only to lose to The Rock. Yep. And I, and I, and I think that you could put in that, in that Ken Shamrock spot earlier, you put Owen Hart. And you say Owen Hart beats Goldust and then Owen Hart loses to The Rock. And you kind of have The Rock. Because I, I do want to do Rock versus Bret Hart. But I want to do it a little bit differently. I want Rock to say, you know, I'm the heart, I'm the heartbreaker. You know what I mean? Like I'm the guy that can beat any heart any day of the week. Um, I'm the, you know, the the man. You know, and and really build that up. And um, it, and I guess I still want the Rock to beat Brett, but I want him to beat him in the semifinals because I don't want to take away from Mick Foley that much. Do you know what I mean? I, I still think there's there's money on the table with Mick Foley. And I guess it creates a situation where now, you know, like was that time period, maybe maybe you do it that way. He beats he beats Brett in the semi, he beats Mick in the final, um, and and you create this situation where Mick wants his rematch, Brett wants a wants another shot. Maybe you still do the Royal Rumble for um, for Mick and Rock, but maybe post Royal Rumble. Brett comes into the mix, and he has that match um, the month before WrestleMania, rather than Mick getting the three-match, four-match series. Yeah, I, maybe, I, I, maybe I think you need could... to maybe you need to sacrifice a second Mick Foley title run for you know Rock brutalizes Mick Foley at the Rumble. Maybe Brett comes out and makes the save. Maybe Brett comes and takes the the title belt, uh, the the chair off him, or something like that, and. Brett steps up to meet him in the next month. I, I like that idea. I like the idea of Foley versus Rock at Rock Bottom. 
I like the halftime heat, and I like the Royal Rumble match, but I think that's, and maybe you even do the Raw match too, but I think that's it, you know, and and let's solidify, uh, you know, what? Let, let's talk about Rock Bottom after this real quick, so we've got the Rock going in as World Heavyweight Champion, um, the corporation has been formed, and um, from that, you go into, um, you know, the, uh, actually they did Capital Carnage, one of the, the, England. oh yeah, that's, uh, that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love to look at all of them, but you know, it just doesn't work out that way. Um, we go into rock bottom. I still think that you do, um, mankind versus rock. Um, where you could use, where you could utilize here is you've got the formation of the, um, of the corporation, and this is where maybe, as a sort of a, a, you know, maybe you don't do like you, you talked about Brett be, beating Shamrock in that in that tournament match. Maybe Shamrock brutalizes him after the match, so Brett's actually carrying injuries through the tournament that Rock capitalizes on in in that semi final. And now you could have Shamrock as the heel, Brett as the face for one. One last time, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if you go there again. If the if the money's still on the table, if maybe Brett Brett well, gets there's... a tag match with um, Shamrock and Bossman, and or something like that. Well, I think yeah, I think that there, it's it's um, Brett Nolan versus Shamrock and Bossman. I think there's money there. Um, yeah. You know, and and we're kind of hurting Steve Blackman in all of this, but you know, we can build up Blackman shit, man. He can he can do work at another point in time. But I think that there's an angle there because it's the corporate thing and you do have kind of the slight tie-in i think that you can <coughs> allude to foley being kind of buddies with brett throughout this time too yeah yeah probably more than the dx thing you could see like because they were buddies you could really instead of having to force the dx fans of of mick foley the hart family brett and owen and davy boy they're actually you know, they're in there helping helping Foley out as well, and that, that 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 genuine relationship can be played up on, and Mick could play up on it as well. Maybe post Rumble, Mick, you know, head head all taped up with you know blood half streaming out, sort of Brett's the man who's there with him, supporting him, and and you know Mick Mick is is encouraging Brett to have to have, you know to to take the rock on as well. And I think one thing that we also want to talk about is. Shawn Michaels is back around this time. He's on TV as a character, and I think he can really play a catalyst into um, the corporation and pushing against Bret Hart, pushing against Mick Foley, pushing against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I think that that would be a great, a great thing instead of you know kind of what they did with the DX versus Corporation thing. It's almost this alliance to go against Vince McMahon. Type deal, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go into Royal Rumble '99, and on this show, um, well, I guess before that, we have Mankind win the title on that January, I think it's second Raw. Yeah. Um. So we go into this Royal Rumble, and we could do a a, a multitude of different things here. Um. There's two pieces of me that that look at this and they say, I really want to have that blow-off match between Shamrock and Brett, and I want it to kind of 
But the problem, the problem I see, what I'm saying is, I wanted it to be a a one-on-one match for a Rumble spot. But the Royal Rumble was so thin at this point, I don't think we can do that. But I still think that we could have that match. And then, you know, that leads into the Royal Rumble that we do get. And I don't think that we changed too much with it there. Um, because I still think we're okay with, with what happens coming out of it. And then we, we go into... Um, we go into St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and the only thing that we swap is it's Brett versus um, Rock for the world title. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, that gives Rock the biggest rub of all, um, you know, losing or winning against Bret Hart. Um, and, and he can win. And, and this is, I mean, I guess this is where, you know, where do you go post, post, um, Post this match for Brett, and I guess Brett could lose this match through interference. Like he doesn't have to lose absolutely clean. He doesn't have to like he he, he can take a pinfall without necessarily you know looking bad. He could have Rock in the sharpshooter, referees out cold, someone comes in and and attacks Brett, and then the Rock gets the the rollover, arm over. Probably shouldn't have won the match, but he has. But it's still got that build. He's beaten Brett, and, and then it starts to set something up for Brett moving forward. Here, and l- maybe, listen, maybe, to, listen to this idea maybe. real quick. Is what you talked about right there was great, and I think I have Shamrock and I have Bossman be part of that, and it ends up coming out of uh, Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Brett screwed Brett. Almost. Yeah. It's it's like Vince McMahon says, there's no way in hell that Bret Hart will ever be world champion again. So now yeah. you've got Vince McMahon versus Stone Cold, and then you've got Vince McMahon versus Bret Hart too, and you've got Shawn Michaels acting as this fucking little little worm, this this little parasite just feeding off of this thing and pushing it over the edge. I think, I think, yeah, that that really sets up because I can really see everything we've been doing is going to, going to, you know, push Brett towards a a, a backup mm-hmm. rivalry with McMahon, and that's that's definitely very evident because that's going to come out with the corporation. It's going to come out with Michael's involvement. It's really going to push those guys together. And and so let let I think let's cap this thing off. Let's go to WrestleMania 15, and let's talk about what happens at this show. Um. So, you know, I, I think that we can both agree that the Undertaker versus Bossman match was garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I still think that we have Stone Cold beat The Rock. Yep. Would you have Brett versus Vince at this show, or would you put um, Big Show versus Brett? I think either could work. I was just thinking that myself. I was thinking, what, do you, what can you do here? I could, I'm thinking you could put him against McMahon. Is it too soon after McMahon's done this first very special appearance? Maybe it's too soon. Yep. Maybe putting him against the big show with Vince in the corner um, is the way to is the way to build it here. And maybe you can you can build to a, a McMahon um, McMahon Hitman match at SummerSlam or later in the year at another event. Yeah. And, um, and, but and, it, through this, the other thing that I want to, you know, I want to kick it up in the high gear 
It's because the Big Show beats Brett. Yeah. And and I think that the Big Show's career could have been so much different with a high profile win like this. And and it's he's got Vince and they push. He's 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 on top of the moon right now. It, it's a mid card match and he and he beat Bret Hart and he 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 did it for Vince McMahon and I think I think with Vince's help. I mean. You don't want you don't want to do it too weak, but maybe Hitman being distracted by Vince, he turns around and walks straight into a choke slam. Oh yeah, it, so, it's, it's chicanery, so, but it's still a win. Yes, yeah. And so we look at this and we say, what has gone on over this time? Um, and gosh, Bret Hart has put over Steve Austin. Bret Hart has put over Ken Shamrock. Bret Hart has put over The Rock, and Bret Hart has put over The Big Show. And maybe well, to, now... Actually, to be fair, you could create a situation, because I'm just thinking of that, and we've got a situation where Bret has lost a lot of matches here. And maybe, maybe The Big Show doesn't necessarily win, but puts it to the limit. Like, Bret has to pull out every single... Almost like the Diesel match at... Survivor Series 90, 90, uh, 90, 95? Yep, 95. Where it really looks like, like, Brett just takes a pounding. The Big Show still looks dominant, strong, but Brett just pulls out that he's still the best there is. He's still always thinking, and whether it be a roll-up or, or, or whatever it is, Brett manages to squeak out the win, but you're looking at it going, gee, the Big Show... That's the sort of match he needed. He may not necessarily win the match, but he looks devastating and dominant and gets a lot out of it. Or McMahon. Pull, I think Brett could pull that off. Or McMahon. And that cost, way Brett's got to win. Yeah. McMahon could cost him the match too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Brett's willing to do whatever it takes. Yep. McMahon could cause um, Big Show the match, and that could lead to some turmoil with them. But coming out of this, you know, I think that we look at and we say Bret Hart in 1999. Let's give this guy some time. Let's give him some time off. Let, let's really let's really utilize what we talked about that two or three year run where now he transitions into a different role. Um, yeah, because I think, I think yeah he starts to transition into a, a backstage work role, but his in ring role starts to lessen off. And the thing is. We, we're doing it for a couple of different reasons, and in my opinion, you you can't foresee the future in this. We can talk about hindsight, but he's doing it because, you know, we know that there's some big things coming with the way the company is, and we just kind of, we got to, you got to move somebody back sometimes just so that you can take two steps ahead, and with Brett at this time, you move him out of that limelight a little bit. Let him come off, and you know, then you start to you could start to rebuild um, him later on at another point in time. Like like we've talked about, you know, he is a he's going to be the first Brock Lesnar. He's going to be the first Undertaker. He's going to be the first um, you know big attraction that the WWF has had since the early '80s with Andre the Giant. Yeah, I think I think that would really fit well. You could see Brett. Sort of the crowd are behind him now. He's had his moment. I think Brett, as I, I personally am a very big Bret Hart fan, always have been. Um, and I, but I recognise 
he has an ego and like he's got a big one. But I think even Brett in his in his self belief of how good he is, I think he would recognise that Austin and The Rock are the top two blokes, and that's who the company are going to be hitching their their the. The, you know, the, the company is going to be on their shoulders. I think he'd be smart enough to recognize that, smart enough to see that he can now step into a role where he can come out every four or five months, every six months, whatever, and have a match with someone that will mean something and help their career, uh, but not necessarily be out there all the time, which is what the role of The Undertaker has been since about 2005. Well, it's, um, the, it's the role of The Undertaker that set the precedent for The Rock, that set the precedent for Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, and I think Brett could Brett could play that very similar role. And so when Kurt Angle hits his strides in 2000, Bret Hart can come out and have a match with, with him for who's the best. And it doesn't matter who wins that. When the Radicals arrive in, in 2001, um, and sorry, in 2000 as well. He can have a match with Benoit. He can have a match with Eddie Guerrero. He can come out of retirement. He can come out and have a match in 2002 with Brock Lesnar. Yep. I mean, he can, can you also, imagine that? That would be fantastic. He can also be the savior when Stone Cold gets hurt. Yes. You know, and I, I, I think that what we've done here is we've looked at, and, you know, I... The, the, the main point here that we want to get over as we're wrapping this thing up, Dave, because I know that you're busy and you got some stuff going on, but and I want to kind of put a kibosh on this now. We could go on for another 35 or 40 minutes and say, you know, what does the next couple of years look like? How can we utilize him? And, and down the road, maybe we could do that. But um, I want to talk about how important that night in Montreal was and what happened from this one event it's almost I and I joked about it the other night when we were talking about this, but it, it's the Back to the Future space time continuum moment in which November fifth, nineteen fifty five, changes the scope of the history of Hill Valley and Marty McFly and Doc Brown and and Biff Tannen and everybody. It, this is the moment that changes the careers for Shawn Michaels, for Vince McMahon, for the WWF, for Bret you know Bret Hart for mankind for all of these people all feel this trickle down effect from this one moment and you know what we talk about here i don't know if we're going to get the exact same um ending i don't know if we're going to make the exact same kind of money but i do know that we're going to put forward some really good wrestling and some really good storytelling and we're going to have some pretty good guys get a great rub out of having Bret Hart around, yeah, I, I, I think you know I was we were looking at it the other day. You, you, you know, if Bret Bret leaving leads to the rise, I mean, Bret leaving, I believe, directly leads to the rise of of DX and and Shawn Michaels' role, and eventually Shawn Michaels' injury because he's in that top spot. It leads to the the McMahon Austin rivalry. And if he was to stay, you, you've got that follow-on impact of maybe Mick Foley wouldn't have had a world title run. Maybe never, maybe he would never have been looked at to sit in that position because Brett's leaving forced them to look at other main event options. And those guys took the ball and ran with it. And the company goes in a new direction. I mean, if Brett, if Brett doesn't leave, do we get Hunter Hearst Helmsley 
getting to the position that he does. Now, I'm not saying that they don't, but you can you can see clearly that Hunter benefits dramatically from the Hart Foundation disappearing and Owen Hart's face turn and that allows, you know, Sean Michaels in the spotlight and the hunter on his tail. It, it, it has a dramatic effect on him. It has a dramatic effect on, on the storytelling that the company do on the, on the, on the, on the, um, you know, the whole attitude era was built on the fact that they needed to build up new guys, new faces, new main eventers because they'd lost everyone in such a short span of time. And, you know, you try and like we've done tonight, what, what would have been like if Brett stayed? There is a lot of collateral, a lot of things that wouldn't have happened that were money on the table. And, and I think um, the, it, it's a big change. And, and, and to cap it all off, the last thing is in May of 1999, Owen Hart dies. Yeah. You know, you, know, you can't rewrite history. You can't say that yeah. Owen wouldn't have been a blue blazer if Brett was there. You can only imagine that Owen Hart would have been doing something different. You know, we didn't get into it too much, but, you know, that's something where you say, you know, could have that changed? Could you have and had not, and, Owen? And not just, not just Owen, but, you know, and, and, and not just Owen, but Davy Boy left the company with Brett, injures his back on that trapdoor in WCW, and that is almost the catalyst for the downward spiral of his life. Yeah. And, you know, who would still be around if Bret Hart had not left the company? There, there's so much that happened because of this moment. And, and really, I think that you could go on record. And, and like we talked about, this is the – would you say it's the oh, – it's hard to say. Is it the biggest moment in wrestling history? Is it the – It's definitely the – in my opinion, it's definitely the biggest moment, at least in the last sort of 15 – 20 years, I mean, you could go back a bit further, you could argue Hulk Hogan beating the Iron Sheik was a massive moment in history because it's the, the launch, the catalyst for the for the WWF rising up the way it does, that that could be argued, but outside of that moment, I can't see much else being having had such a major impact and not just on the WWF. I mean, it impacted WCW. It impacted a lot of people's careers. I, I, I tell you what, Dave, it's been fun looking at this. I'm interested to see what people say about it. Um, without a doubt, I think that we put together something that was entertaining, interesting. Um, in the long run, I think a lot of people would have benefited from it. And I think that we would have seen some amazing contests come out of this, um, this rebooking of the angle. Um the, the Montreal Screwjob, Bret Hart stays with the WWF. He goes on this run that we just talked about. Yeah, he does job out a little bit, but he jobs out for a good reason. And in my opinion, it's not jobs. They're losses with a purpose. And you get so much out of Bret as that legendary character. Um, I, I think it would have been amazing television. Yeah, I, I, it would have been great to see and. You know, it's, it's, you know, what, what could have happened, um, you know, we, we can still look back on his career as, as being a great career, but, you know, I would have loved to have seen some of these matches that we've talked about today, and, and I, I think it would have been money, and um, it's a shame that, you know, what happened did happen, um, I'm very glad that 
they've been able to, you know, Brett was able to resolve things and, and sort things out with Vince, with Sean, everything, you know, it, it, he, the, the, everything is different now um, that they, they can, you know, everyone's moved forward in, in a positive light now rather than the negativity that was around for a long time. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it is just such an ama- amazing, that, that Montreal Screwjob moment has had such an impact on the world of wrestling that when you look at something like this, it just shows how big it was. All right, Dave. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up here, man. I truly appreciate you coming on tonight. I love your insight, and uh, I thought I thought we put together a hell of a hell of a little run here of what could have happened with Bret Hart staying. Um, looking forward to some of the things that we're going to be doing in the future. Of course, uh, the Golden Goose is out there. You know, when we choose to do it, we're going to tackle the invasion, and we're going to talk about what that thing would have looked like um, a little bit differently using the characters they did and how they could have done that. Um, CM Punk in the same you know, light of what we talked about tonight, how do we have him leave the WWF uh, back when he did in 2011 and, you know, still be WWE champion? Um, some of those fun things. And then uh, we did kind of sneak back, and, and maybe this is something that we'll be doing in the future, um, the great rebook of the Royal Rumble and talking about all of the Royal Rumbles leading up uh, to our current one coming up there in January and, uh, you know, who could have won the Royal Rumble match had it not been for the person that did in that given year? Um, and, of course, we've got our Summit Series. Uh-huh. The the big one's coming up, 1992, a very interesting Summit. Uh, I think you and I are both going to have some fun with that. So um, a lot of great stuff. I appreciate everything that we've been doing. Again, the Low Blow Booking Podcast. Uh, give us a like. Give us a share. Um, we're coming back at you this fall with some really good uh, programming, and uh, we're going to be we're going to be touching on a lot of fun uh, topics and and really building up um, you know what we do and, and getting us out there for the world. So if you are a wrestling fan, let somebody know about what we're doing. Get one person, you know, let them know what we're doing and get this thing out there for them. And uh, Dave, it's always a pleasure, man. I appreciate everything you do, and uh, I'm thankful that we got an opportunity to talk about this tonight. Thanks, Joe. I'm looking forward to the next one. I, I love doing this with you. Uh, it's always fun, and I can't wait for, for the next episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, again, the Low Blow Booking Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a share. Thank you for checking this one out. Let us know what you think. Bret Hart staying with the WWF in 1997. We ran it through 1999, but there is so much more that could have happened. Uh, you guys have a great, safe weekend. Thank you very much.